Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 152. Today's episode is with the incredible McKenna Reese. Oh, man, you guys, this felt like a get for me because McKenna really didn't want to do the podcast. She was feeling shy. She wasn't sure. And then she came on and just crushed it and gave us so much wisdom and so many beautiful insights. I re-listened to this interview like a week and a half ago and just was like, oh, come on, McKenna, you should write a book. Um, and I'm just really, really pleased to bring this episode to all of you wonderful listeners. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about uh, McKenna in a minute. We'll read her bio. Um, but I wanted to just kind of reiterate what I've been saying, which is that I've been just doing so much creating and thinking and writing. And you can find um, all the details of that on my uh, in my mailing list and on my blog. So um, go to my website, which is emilymerrillmusic.com to check out all of those things, um, to stay tuned. And I think I said this last week too, but I've been scheduling interviews, um, wrapping up season eight and starting to do interviews for season nine. And I'm just really excited. And, um, I hope you guys know there's just lots of great stuff coming soon and I'm just proud of it. And I'm excited to have you here listening and, um, you know, being part of these kind of creative journeys with me and with my guests. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay, so McKenna, before I read her bio, McKenna owns a goat farm. And I originally heard of her, um, or found her because I was just in the market for some, you know, um, artisan made products, you know, made by by uh, crafts people who live near me. And I found McKenna's work and bought some of her soaps and was just so taken with all of the creativity um, that I was like, oh, I'd really love to interview her. So McKenna came for an interview a, a while ago, like I think maybe in the summer. Um, and then in the spring, some of you may have seen on my Instagram, I went out and got to meet her baby cows, I mean, baby goats and her adult cow and um, her pigs and just, oh, you guys know I love, I love a homestead. I don't know that it's a life I'll ever have, um, but it's definitely something I'm moved by and impressed by and um I'm so grateful for McKenna for letting me and my sister-in-law Amy come and visit her beautiful space. And then if that wasn't all just generous enough, um, McKenna gave me a little bit of her sourdough starter that's been, that I think was her mom's and has been in her family for a while. And I have been making two loaves of sourdough bread every week since then. And it's just part of my life now. And um, it's something again that I've kind of always wanted to do and just didn't know where to begin. And now it's just, now it's just something I do. So, um, yeah, McKenna has just become a person that I think about at least once a week when I get out my sourdough starter to make my bread. Um, so thanks McKenna for all of that. All right. Now you guys know, I normally read bios in the third person, but this is written in the first person and it's just so cute. So I'm going to, I'm going to read it from McKenna's perspective. Hello, my name is McKenna and I live on a farm by the river. I have goats, pigs, a Jersey cow, chickens, quail, rabbits, dogs, and lizards. I love all my animals and the opportunities they give my children to learn how to work hard and get dirty. I enjoy gardening and learning how to better homestead on our land. I love making beautiful soaps with my goat's wonderful milk and providing my products to anyone who's interested. I made my first batch of goat milk soap the summer of 2016. I didn't know what a stick blender was, so I tried to mix my first batch using a hand drill. Needless to say, we made a late, late night run to the store to get a stick blender. I have had many failed batches over the years, but 
but through that I have learned so much. I started selling my soaps in 2017 and have expanded a little to include solid shampoo and conditioner bars, solid lotion bars. I just ordered one of those, haven't used it yet. Uh, body butter, um, bubble bath bombs, soy wax candles, and more. I happen to know she also has a luxury beard oil. I just bought one for Andrew. They just arrived yesterday. I can't wait to use them. I love making these products and sharing them with y'all. Thank you so much for any support you give my small business. If you'd like to follow along my farm adventures and stay up to date on my next shop updates and more, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And I just can't recommend enough that you do this. Um, follow McKenna and, you know, goat milk soaps made by a made by a one of a kind artisan. They are great gifts. Um, I was telling McKenna when we chatted, I love to just have a bunch of soaps on hand to give if, you know, I know someone who's going through a hard time or if someone has a baby or, you know, whatever, just if you're going to visit a friend and want to bring a little gift. So I would highly recommend buying just a bunch of these beautiful soaps and keeping them on hand somewhere um, to give as gifts when you need gifts. They just keep well and are beautiful and and um, yeah, handcrafted and lovely. And McKenna's just the coolest. I can't wait for you all to hear everything she has to say. So without further ado, here comes my episode with McKenna Reese. Enjoy. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. So normally, like, I like to kind of start by, um, I like to dig into, like, your kind of creative origins and get an idea, like you know, what your creativity like was like when you were little, where did you grow up? Like, where are you from? I actually grew up in Colville, Utah, where really? I live now. Yeah. Okay. So I play, I play in a wedding band. That's like one of my main like sources of income. And I drive to Jackson Hole like all the time, like almost every weekend <laughs> to play up there. And I always drive through Colville and like, I see this little goat farm sometimes. And I always wonder if it's yours. <laughs> nope. You can't see my <laughs> yeah, place okay. from the freeway. Good, good to know. <laughs> um, but you're, so you're from Colville. And then, so did you grow up? Like, did your parents do like farming too? Yeah, actually my, my parents had goats growing up and oh. chickens and a garden was kind of the main things that we did. Or do you have siblings? Like, where are you in the birth order? So I'm the oldest. Cool, me too. Uh, I've got a little brother. He's almost four years younger than me. And then a sister that's about almost 11 years okay. younger. So, wow. Yeah. I have a sister who's 13 years younger, so I okay. understand that a little. Actually, so I teach at UVU, and my sister is, like, starting at UVU this fall. And, like, I grew up in Arizona. We grew up in Arizona, and I moved out of the house. I moved out of state when she was four. So it's like we're kind of, like being in the same place for like yeah you have to kind of get to know each other later as adults totally (laughs) well we're like starting kind of now and I'm 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 excited and it's like I have a sister in the same place as me and it's new yeah that's cool it is fun I'm excited about it she just um she did actually a, a couple semesters um a few years ago, but then went on a mission. So okay. she's like back now to stay, which feels, and also the year she was here was 
2020. So oh, okay, okay. It was a weird one. Yeah, it was sure. different. Yeah, <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> yes. So, um, I want to know like how your creativity developed. Um, did you feel like creative about the farm as a child, or were you creative about other stuff? Like, what were you kind of getting into as like a little kid? I was actually a really weird little kid. Um, <laughs> I was very creative. Um, I would, you'd find me like up in the top of some tree, just sitting there for, it felt like hours to me. It was probably five minutes, but daydreaming. I used to pretend I could fly across the valley. I I was a weird kid. I don't think that's weird. (laughs) I think it's lovely. And I was like that too. I also spent lots of time sitting in a tree. Cool. But I I was always thinking that there might be fairies around. Like if I waited long (laughs) enough, you know, or like a squirrel might make friends with me or something. Yeah, I'm going to see something amazing if (laughs) I just sit here. What were you going to say? I feel like I interrupted you. You Oh, oh, I was just going to say I was very outdoorsy too. I was always playing in creeks or fishing or hiking or exploring. There's all these coal mines, abandoned coal mines up in Colville. Scary. My mom probably wouldn't have been thrilled if she knew what I was doing, but I was off exploring these coal mines and, you know, playing on the farm. We had our goats and, and things like that, but I wasn't really as creative in that realm. It was more just kind of the outdoors thing at the time. Yeah. Talk to me about, so this is not a new idea to me. Like lots of my guests a report that like spending time, you know, on, on the farm or like, you know, in the forest where they live, um, was creative, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on like, what's creative about it. Uh, I think you can get into your mind and, and your imagination and imagination starts to kind of flow. Yeah. Um, because maybe you're sitting there in this field and you're a little bored. So you start to try to entertain yourself. And I think that opens up your imaginative juices which and is where just, it all starts, yeah, right? Yeah. Definitely. yeah. I do I know I'm like a broken record about this, but I feel like that's always like it's always a pet topic of mine, like this idea that creativity starts like way before the, you know, the actual like craft begins. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you yeah, I think it starts to come out in different ways for different people, you know, at a very young age. Yeah, building your imagination skills, like just kind of building that sort of like confidence in your kind of individuality. I think those things are super important. Is there anything else you want to say about like what you were exploring, like during those, you know, early years, like what kinds of things you found interesting, like in the world? Well, I wasn't doing anything with soap until six years ago. Um, so um, most of my creativity came in the form of setting up little, um, outdoor worlds for for little pets and pretend friends and things like that and then I also actually wrote a little bit of poetry and please tell me more about that I would just sit at my desk and write poems I was homeschooled for a couple of years so I was able to a lot of a lot of my time was spent reading books so I kind of explored with that a little bit which I haven't done anything with since it was just kind of a phase in my childhood just fine. And then I also did, um, I made weird little things with wire. Tell me everything. (laughs) Tell me everything about it. So I went through this wire making phase where I, I would do letters and little landscapes and things like that with with wire. Um, I think I was about 14. Wow. So where did you get this idea? (laughs) 
Like, I have no idea. I probably just found a spool of wire and some needle nose pliers in the garage and was like, oh, I'm bored. You I'm were sculpting. <laughs> yeah. Doing like something. doing sculpture with your wire. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So. so, okay. Writing some poems as a little kid. Um, I was wondering, like, just when you were exploring, like, just, you know, in these coal mines that you maybe shouldn't have been in and mm-hmm. in trees, <laughs> were there any particular things like about, like, wh- what were you drawn to? Or like, was there anything in particular that you like wanted to try to find or like... I don't know. I'm just curious. About I just it. wanted to explore the world. I've always thought that yeah. nature is beautiful and yeah. rain or sun or clouds or whatever it may be. I think it brings in a different aura or a thing to enjoy yeah. uh, when you're outside. Were you interested in like botanicals? Like were you were you looking for certain kinds of plants or flowers or um, just things that caught my eye yeah. necessarily? I don't think I I went on hunts to find something specific. You were at that foraging, time. yeah. No, I, I am more now. I'm yeah. trying. That's one of the little side hobbies Ugh. I've got at the moment is trying to learn medicinal herbs oh my gosh, and plants and things like that. But I love it so much. It's like I I sometimes I think I have like a a green witch like somewhere deep down in my body, but um. I just grew up in Arizona where like there isn't a lot <laughs> in the suburbs yeah. too. Like <laughs> yeah, there just sure. really isn't a lot. And then uh, also my parents are just weren't the, the, the kind of people to foster that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really trying to learn now, like I'm trying to learn how to like grow things and like have more kind of intuition about plants. Cause I feel moved by these things, but I just don't have like a literacy. Well, the problem is, is we need more time. Yes, we need to time. not have to sleep or need three of us. Oh gosh. <laughs> like I really just couldn't agree more. It's actually something I've been thinking about so much lately. Like I'm just in the middle of rap, like releasing, I'm about to release my third album and cool. kind of planning to take like a, like a research year. <laughs> just like, I like take a painting to... class, <laughs> yeah. like just kind of like explore and like reconnect with like a creativity that isn't connected to like a hustle. Cool. You know, so I, I really get that. I did uh, music as well, actually. Of course you did. Child. Yeah. To what kind? So I played the guitar and the mandolin. Um, wow. My, my family actually had a, a folk a band. band. Please tell me and everything. we performed all over at Thanksgiving Point. Oh my gosh. And during the Olympics in 2000, we performed up in Park City. Wow. At the Snowed Inn. It's on Park City Mountain Resort. Yeah. So we performed up there um, all winter long. And Are your so. parents, like, tell me more about your parents. Like, do they have other mediums? Like, uh, what, what were they, like, what are their... What are, what's their creativity like? So my dad's in a landscape architect actually. Okay. Cool. And so he kind of doodles and draws and has that creative mind awesome. in, in that way. And then my mother, all the music side came from her. And they're farmers too. Or, um, or homesteaders? They like... lo- they're tr- they want to be. Okay. <laughs> so I grew up on a farm. We had lots of, of different animals and things like that, but it was more of a hobby farm type thing. Okay. Um, which I, I love. It's still a farm. Mm-hmm. And my a farm mo- is a farm. Yeah. And my mother still has <laughs> quail and my dad's, he, he doesn't have a lot of farm stuff at the moment, but, um, well, we just got a dairy cow. Um, I saw that on yeah, your Instagram. A Jersey cow. And so he comes and milks the cow, uh, one day a week and he's just loved reconnecting with that because yeah. he used to milk cows growing up on, on a dairy farm in yeah. Coville. But. So your dad is an artist, like a, a professional artist. I mean, I think landscape architecture, like, of course, yeah. is art. Absolutely. Yeah. And your mom, is your mom a professional musician? 
I would say so. I yeah. mean, she doesn't perform necessarily um, in a profession right now, but we used yeah. to, and she's a wonderful singer, and she plays the guitar. And is so. is your family LDS? Yes. So I, I this is like a t- completely leading question, but I'm genuinely curious no about problem. it. No <laughs> problem. Um, so I find that a lot of times when LDS fa- families are are art are art families, like both of the parents are artists, it's really it's different from like how like non LDS families that are artists. And I'm, I'm so curious about it. And so I think maybe what I'm wondering is like, did you feel growing up? Like, did your parents talk about it? Like we're artists or was it like we're business people or something in between? Mm, Not that I can really recall. I think it was just this is who we are. We're such an indun- yep. industrious people. Yeah. As I, I, I grew up LDS too. Okay. I don't, yeah. I think it was more just a lot of a, a push to be your best and to explore the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, I love that. But yeah, I don't a- think they necessarily identified as artists, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. It's hard for me to know because my, my parents, I grew up LDS, but my parents are, were both also like kind of abusive people. So it's like, it's confused. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> like, I'm going to put that on the shelf. For yeah. A it's while. like a little confused. <laughs> so I'm always curious, like, you know, like one of my favorite, and I, again, I think I'm just like, it's because like in my childhood, this didn't function right. That mm-hmm. I'm curious about other artists' childhoods, but I'm always curious about how creativity is presented by the parents or like talked about in the home, like how your, you know, like little projects as a child are like validated or, you know, whether your parents are fostering a sense of curiosity is there anything you want to kind they of like definitely say were yeah cool. yeah my mom very much pushed us to develop talents cool. and skills and a lot of that was in music but she also uh, put me in art lessons drawing mm. and painting and kind of whatever it is I wanted to dabble in uh, she made sure I had a chance to play around in that yeah and I feel like developing a skill or something you're good at is a huge boost of confidence Absolutely. at a young age yeah. What do you think about like this term, like artist or your, your parents didn't identify as artists. Like, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like they like were artists, are artists? Yeah, like, I think so now yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. At the time I, the artist to me was someone who painted or did sculpture. Yeah. It's kind um, of a loaded term, but it's, it's a huge area. Yeah. And I think everyone in a small, unique way is an artist. I think so so. too. Like it's something I talk about on the podcast a lot, but I I think like I almost prefer talking about, well, I think people are more comfortable with the term like creatives, like we're, I'm a creative, we're creatives. That feels a little bit more approachable. And also I I like to talk about like just being artful. Like that sometimes I think feels a little more approachable to people than like I'm an artist, like Mm -hmm. as an identity. But I also think like I, I'm always curious about like why this identity like of being an artist like feels weird. Like it feels weird to so many people. I'm like I'm curious about it. Do you have thoughts about that? Like maybe why it, it wouldn't be something. It's only been recently there? that I've uh, given myself the title. Like yes, I am a soap artist. Like yeah. oh okay, of course cool. you are. I mean you are. <laughs> like you are. But yeah, tell me more. It's just I don't know. I think humanity to be human is to be creative. I think it's yeah, just in our nature yeah. in tons of different ways. I have friends that create with baking. I have friends right. that create with furniture. Um, and, but 
you grow up taking art classes in school, and mm -hmm. that is painting and drawing and sculpture. And so I think there's just a little bit of a divide. That's why I think creative reaches out maybe to more people. Yeah, I think like the, I think you're right. Like at least part of it is that like the fine arts feel like institutionalized in a way that feels a little like, uh, like gatekeeping mm -hmm. kind of or something. Yeah, a little confining. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, but I love the, I, I love it that like both of your parents are artists. Like what a beautiful surprise. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. great. And I, I loved the push to try new things yeah. and to do new things. And did you like to read? As I a did. Kid? I did like to read. What yes. kinds of books were you reading? Oh, probably mostly fantasy yeah, and me too. fiction, but now I prefer probably historical nonfiction cool. for the most part. But you know, when do I have time to read? It's mostly audible books Audio right now books, <laughs> while yeah. I'm packaging soap or totally. I'm right there with weeds. you. Podcasts and audiobooks books are like, mm -hmm. cause we're always moving. I listen a lot while I'm driving to like these wedding gigs that are in Montana, Idaho, mm -hmm. Wyoming. Um, and yeah, I hardly ever listen to fiction. I, I almost always am reading like, psychology books or you know I, I went through a fiction phase for a long time but you know you just I feel like you I go need, with what I want to learn to get back like. into it but I feel like I don't even know what fiction like adult me likes yeah like <laughs> I, I read a ton of fiction like I was oh I always had my nose in a book until I went to college and then when I graduated when I finished my master's degree I just was like I don't know I don't know what I like and then that was you know 12 years ago yeah <laughs> I don't know um <laughs> Okay, so like you, when you're making these sculptures when you're like 14, you're still are you you're still performing on mandolin and and guitar? Mm -hmm. Did you take lessons? Yeah. Yeah. And tell me about that like how was it kind of like um working on an art form in a more like structured environment? It, well, it was great. I mean, it's one of the at least if you're not a super self-motivated I mean, what kid is really going to yeah. try to teach? I mean, there are a couple yeah. kids I that sit I down and teach themselves yeah. how to do this. <laughs> yeah. But I needed the structure of sure. lessons and going until I developed that love for mostly the guitar was yeah. my, well, and the piano, but was my main thing to where it, it started to become an outlet of stress for me. Yeah. Uh, when I got to the point where I could actually play music, I would find myself after a long day at school or stressed with friends um, yeah. kind of relaxing into my into my music uh, but I needed to get there through structured lessons right so with a family that has so much creativity going on did you like in your kind of own identity like maybe as a teenager feel like um a sense of awareness that you were like gravitating more toward the arts than like your peers or was it just like this is just what I'm doing I'm just wondering how it was like affecting your like identity so I actually had this idea of how I wanted to be, of who I thought I was Please tell growing me. up. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was this super organized, you know, proactive people person yeah. that was out there going to tackle school, get straight A's, which which I, I did because at the time I, it mattered to me. Yeah. But um, as I grew up into adulthood, I realized I'm a disorganized creative, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that's it. That's okay. It is okay. Like, can you so. like just unpack that even more? Like, I know exactly what you mean, but like, please tell the listener. So we went on a family trip once up to Jackson Hole. Yeah. And my mom had us doing the color code. I don't know if you've heard the, of that book. There's a book where you answer all these questions and oh, it like helps the kind red, of blue, yeah, yellow, yeah, white, yeah, for okay. your personality. 
And I remember at the time that I went through it and I answered for what I wanted to be. Yeah. And I came out, you know, red, red. which was very, you know, organized, very um, opinionated, very yeah. structured of a person. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. And so I think that's what I held on to for yeah. so long. And it wasn't until later in my life that I'm like, huh. My house is a little yellow, maybe. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a lot of yellow, actually. And my <laughs> yeah. house is like if it's put away, I, I it's funny. I'm this organized, like my house looks really clean and organized. But if you open any cupboards or drawers, yeah. it's like a bomb went off in there. <laughs> but I can't see it. So yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother me. <laughs> oh, man. I was just talking about this with my friend Joseph, who's he plays guitar in my band and we're just together so much this time of year because it's like it's wedding it's wedding season and we're just it's crazy and uh, he's really really organized and I'm I'm also very organized it sounds like I think I might like actually be a, a red <laughs> like I think mm-hmm. I'm like a red with like some blue and a smattering of things maybe but but I also like that like chaotic creative stuff like it is it is there and it's maybe not every drawer, but it's like a couple drawers. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, yeah. there's like a couple of places where that chaos just mm-hmm. like grows and builds. And I'm feeling especially chaotic lately. Oh yeah. <laughs> really yeah. chaotic. My to-do list is always way larger than I'm able to complete every day. Well, and we were just talking <laughs> about this before I like pressed record, but like there's just this insane, like there's this weird optimism of just like, Oh yeah. Like I'll get every, like sometimes I just like won't even put things on my to-do list. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's just like, I'll just do that. And then it's like a huge thing. It's like an enormous project that I just like in my mind, I just feel like, Oh, that's like basically done. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like a ridiculous optimism of like how much there actually is to do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and well, and I like being bu- uh, busy. I, I, I do really well in kind of having lots to do. In fact, yeah. if I, I, I make things to do if I don't have anything to do. I'm, I'm not a, an idle person very well, yeah. uh, except for like I want to be. I have a hammock down on the river in my property, <gasps> and my goal has been to just take a day and actually read a book in my hammock, but it is not going to happen because I go down to the hammock and I see, oh, the chicken coops need to be cleaned out, yeah. or there's tons of weeds right here, or this plant's dying because I forgot to water it. You totally. know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yes. Well, can you like, can you talk more about like, Cause I think there are plenty of people who do have a lot to do and would see the chicken coop and would still just like go in the hammock. Mm-hmm. Like what, what is it? Like what's happening in your brain that like won't let you kind of sit still like that? I think it's the desire to just be productive yeah, and to get things done. I don't know. I just, it's it hard really for me good. to finally sit on the couch and yeah. Relax. I mean, I do. I enjoy my baths. Like at night, I go, go, go all day, and then I, I enjoy to just sit in the tub. I, my husband teases me. I'm, I'm really the same way. Um, I like being productive. It feels so good to like, to do things, to finish things, and it's not like a, it's not like a masochistic thing. It's like, it's really joyful. Like mm-hmm. it's, it brings. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my husband teases me because when I do like have a lazy day, it's like oh, it's lazy. Like. <laughs> I'm like productive about my laziness too. (laughs) Like I'll watch TV. I'll stay in my bed and watch TV for like eight hours, but I don't have children. So that's, that's, you have kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a different thing. I think when you have kids, um, but yeah, when I, when I do decide to, to chill, it's a, it's a marathon chill. Yes. Well, and when I, when I keep myself busy, to be honest, it's things that I enjoy doing. Like I could never keep myself busy 
doing house cleaning or laundry or cooking food all day because that's yeah. just not something I enjoy. So if it's that or watching a movie marathon, I'm going to choose the movie marathon. Totally. But if it's, you know, mowing my lawn or cleaning out chicken coops or making soap or, yeah. you know, things like that, then I'm going to do that. Right. So it's it. just kind of were pick there, and choose. Were there <laughs> any other mediums that you like dabbled in, um, like in your teens? Uh, well, so art, like drawing and painting, I've dabbled in a little bit. In fact, I took some art lessons from one of my friends two years ago. We did some watercolor and oil, and, and it was an acrylic. Cool. And it was really fun. It was a, a fun outlet, but it didn't come as naturally to me as the soap making did. Your so. soaps are so beautiful. Like it's, I've, I've been wanting to interview you for such a long time and just felt like, well, there was a pandemic and like, I know. Well, and then I think I said no a few yeah. times. I was like, ah, I can't do that. Well, you're, you're, I mean, your soaps are so beautiful. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a visual art for sure. And then also just like, I'm, I'm so like, I'm so moved by the idea that not only are you like making the soap, but like they're your goats. Like, yeah, it's just like, it's just, it's so beautiful to me. Um, let's talk about how you kind of like got into that. So, um, so at the time that you're like graduating from high school, maybe just like, give me like a little glimpse into like, you know, 18 year old McKenna. What did you think you were going to do? What was your kind of like identity like at that time? So I, um, graduated from high school early. Um, and then I went to UVU. Okay. And I got married and, and you're, and do you want to tell the listener like your husband's a creative too? Like talk to me. about. So that. he is more business. Okay. He's not super creative, but he is a- with food. Oh my gosh. He's an amazing cook. Um, he's the cook and I'm the baker. Wow, so it, it works great. <laughs> am I, he's a stonemason, right? Yeah. Well, he, um, sells the, the stone oh, and brick. Okay. And I see. He doesn't yeah. actually, he doesn't put do it the on mason the wall. Work okay, <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he can, but that's not. So when you guys met, was that, was like, were you at that time, like talking about like, you know, wanting to have creative endeavors or was that kind of, yeah. No. Uh, so we actually met in high school. He's from Colville as well. Okay. And so, we got married and we were both going to school down here at UVU and I was doing psychology okay. and I thought I was going to go into the education system. Okay. Um, at the time that was something that was really important to me that I was really moved by. So I went into psychology. I actually graduated at 21 with my bachelor's degree and then I was an academic advisor cool. at the university for about seven years in that same department, behavioral science. Will you talk about like what was moving about that? Like where is that in your philosophies? Like, I think it's just the self-improvement, just being educated, uh, learning about the world um, and, yeah. and how to navigate it. Um, just kind of goes back to what my parents taught me about just trying to be your best in all things yeah. and, and do your best. And at the time for me, that was through education. Totally. That's one thing, like I say this a lot, like I, I'm not LDS anymore, but um, the, the, the two principles like that I loved growing up and that I think like I still like really like they're deep in my soul, mm-hmm. like the parts of me that still feel like Mormon, like deep <laughs> down. I think it's like these two things, like this idea of agency, this idea that like you get to make choices and like kind of um, have an effect on like your own life and on the world. Yeah. And also like this idea of like progress, like 
just kind of like, what more can we learn? What more can we do? Mm-hmm. How can we be better? How can we be like better? That. And yeah. we like as an individual and we as like a people, like th- those are ideas that like are deep down, like in my core. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. I really, re- I really like relate to that. And, and also like for me, I think like it's, it's, it's related to that same thing you said before of like, as like the thing that makes us human is like creativity. Like that's the thing that's like different from like other, other creatures like Mm -hmm. and those things feel those things are I think very wrapped up those ideas are very wrapped up in like LDS theology and doctrine and um and and those are like philosophies that I I like feel like I apply them a lot to like being an artist too and thinking about the ways that like creativity and like artistry are good for like our souls absolutely yes yeah there's a lot of love and creativity within the human spirit and I think just learning to let that grow and foster that development is just part of becoming a better person. Totally. And I, and I, I was going to say, I also feel like it's, it's one of the best ways to like care about other people too. Absolutely. Yeah. You're sharing your gift or your beauty or your things that you're passionate about with others. For sure. That's why I brought you some quail eggs today. I'm so excited. (laughs) I love eggs. Like eggs are like one of my favorite foods and I'm like those little quail eggs. I'm going to have a hard time eating them because they're so pretty. Yeah, (laughs) They are kind of hard to open. Actually, I I meant to bring you some scissors that will just kind of cut the top off, but I was in a mad rush, of course, trying to get here and forgot them. They're hard to open. Yeah. Because they're so small and the shells are a little tougher. Wow. And so they actually make these scissors. You can get them on Amazon. They're quail egg scissors. I'll order some. Yeah. Yeah. And they just (laughs) chop the top off and make it a lot easier. Or you can hard boil them. That's my personal. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. How many minutes? You know, my I'll husband's Google the it. pro on that. I will have to message okay. you that after. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm so excited. I'll eat them with some avocado and some cherry tomatoes and yes. some fresh oh, basil. And you love it for sure. Yummy. And I think I even have some goat cheese in my fridge oh, too. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like this idea and I love, I love like knowing about you that like in addition to all this like creativity and like you know, productivity that you are moved by that like, you know, you wanted to be a like a counselor in school, Mm -hmm. like those things feel like really related to me. Yeah. I was going to go into, um, school, high school guidance counseling. Um, and then I dabbled in speech language pathology and things like that for my master's degrees. But then multiple master's. No, I actually just have the bachelor's degree in psychology, but I was toying around with continuing my education. Cool. Um, but at the time we were just thinking of moving back to the country. Uh, We'd been down in the Valley here in Linden area for about 11 years. Wow. And we, uh, when our kids came along, we're like, you know, we want them to have the same type of life that we had growing up. My husband grew up on a cattle ranch. And so he did a lot of he learned how to work hard and to not quit when it's really challenging yeah. from having to get up early to, you know, feed the cows and move sprinkler pipe every day and just wow. all this kind of stuff. And that's what we wanted for our children. So we moved back to the country and um, my life just kind of evolved into what it is please, from from that. Please so. tell me. Tell me everything. How did it happen? So, uh, well... <laughs> Like I said, I was going to further my education, but as I got into, you know, farming more, we got, we, we moved back up there. And then once we got our home built, I'm like, you know, I loved having goats growing up. Let, let's get goats again. So it kind of started with that. We got goats and chickens and, um, do you want to tell the listener, like 
your favorite things about having goats and chickens and maybe also the least favorite things? Like just <laughs> paint a little picture. Like what's it like? So uh, chickens are wonderful. They're kind of, you know, the gateway animal yeah. into homesteading, homesteading. And farming. Uh, they have fun little personalities. The least favorite part is probably, you know, cleaning up their the chicken poop. coops. Yeah, yeah. It's just how it is. Um, and then goats are wonderful, but you need at least two of them or they're going to be really loud and annoying all the time. I've heard they so like to be in pairs. They do because they're herd animals. So we got two little goats and cute. we bred them. Goats and are we, so cute. Yeah. And so I started to milk because my family grew up. We only drank goat milk actually for a long time. Wow. And my mom would make yogurt and cheeses and things like that. And Your I wanted to do that. Your mom made yogurt and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. What is it? So tell me more about goat milk. I feel like I've heard and I know that it's like special in certain ways. Like they use it as like replacement milk for like kittens and puppies that mm-hmm. are like don't have a mom. But like what? Well, and, and human babies that, that really? aren't doing well on their mother's milk or formula every year actually I end up selling some milk to moms that children whose children I just did actually yesterday Um, a mom came and picked up some milk from me because her baby was um, really struggling with dairy other you know cow dairy what's special about the goat milk um, it's just more easily digestible, something in the way the proteins are wow. formed in the milk. Um, I am actually not an expert on it, yeah. so I can't say That's for fine. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it is more, uh, your body just handles it better. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. What do you, what do you love about goats? So they're very, they're, they're hilarious to watch. They're spunky. Um, they all have, they they are very much the grass is greener on the other side of the fence kind of animals, Cute. which gets a, I just get a kick out of it. My, my two nanny goats are in a big pasture full of really lush grass and they always are sticking their heads through the fence to eat the weeds along the road. And I, and it's just like a constant reminder to, for me, to like, to enjoy your space. Like, why are you trying to test these boundaries and eat, like, see what's on the other side? Like, just, gosh, I don't know. It's funny. So I didn't know until I was like in my twenties that goats like to climb. Like this makes perfect sense, but like, it's so hilarious to me because like hooves do not seem climbing, like climbing implements. They sure are though. They're very (laughs) agile. Um, they climb up on top of their houses, we have to have our all of our fences strong enough. In fact, in the past, I've tried to keep certain babies of of ours that I formed an attachment with, but yeah. I've had to sell them eventually because I had a couple escape artists that I just wow. could not handle anymore. They would <gasps> jump out of no matter what. I finally had to have them tied up all the time, and then oh, I just felt bad yeah. for them. And so I sold them to farms that have more better little. fencing yeah, and, and, and ways to keep them more contained. But... Um, how many babies do you normally like have in a, in a year? Oh, last so not last. No, yeah, last year. Last year I had about 12 babies because I bred four nannies. Holy cow. But it was more than I needed. So I actually ended up selling two of my nannies this year. Mm. And then I kept two. So I should probably get between five and six babies. How they usually you, have triplets or um, twins. How do you handle giving up those babies well like, I've done like it for enough years heart, now yeah. that I'm kind of like okay this is I've moved on but from the beginning it was really hard I was what's like, oh, cuter so than cute. a baby goat yeah, yeah and there's I, still some there was one this year named Coco Chip my daughter named that was hard to uh, to pass on but she went to a little four-year-old girl that was ecstatic and so to see the joy of these new yeah. families that are taking the babies definitely helps uh-huh. um 
in the selling of them. Can I meet some of your baby goats someday? Absolutely. I, I, I love, love people to, to come up to my okay. little farm and show them all around. It's I pretty cute. I want to meet them so bad in the yeah. spring. They They're have their babies in the spring. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love goats. I've been like talking about like wanting to have a goat since I was like a child. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are very fun. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's in the cards for me, but <laughs> maybe someday you never know. Yeah, maybe someday. That's the... I always say if ever, like I had a windfall of cash, I would buy like a little, a little homestead. <laughs> little, little farm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. So you, so your mom made cheese and yogurt. How did she learn how to do that? Was that like in the family heritage or did no, she... she's pretty self-taught. Wow. Uh, and that was a skill that I picked up as well. Um, without the internet, like how? Yeah. That's crazy. Books from the library. I guess. Oh my I don't know. Insane without <laughs> yeah. video. Well, like... and trial and error. I remember oh. there were there's a number of batches that were like, okay, well, this isn't great. This mom. is a fail. <laughs> That's so funny. But do you, you make know. cheese and yogurt too, or just the soap? Yeah, cool. yeah. I love making goat cheese. That's my favorite. Wow. Um, the yogurt I actually do with our our cow milk. Wow. I make yogurt so with that. But. After you got the cows, did you start making cheese like right away? Uh, the I mean, goats? the goats. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes. Definitely. Because okay. at the time, that's all I that's knew. What it was for. At the time when we got our goats, that's all I knew what to do with it was cheese mm. and just, you know, drinking it and yeah. cereal and baking. And were you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it wasn't until later that I was, you know, drowning in goat milk. I'm yeah. like, I have so much. What else can I do with this? That yeah. I, I went to the internet and started researching. And that's where I very first uh, discovered that it makes really amazing soap. And yeah. so I was fascinated by yeah. that. And that's, that was kind of where and that started about are your candles six made of, years ago. Do your candles have goat milk too? No, I, no, just the soap. Yeah. Okay. The candles are cool. just soy wax. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the, when you first started, when you first got the chickens and the goats, were you also growing things? Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a little hobby farmer. I'm not very good, but I put seeds in the ground every year and I get a little bit of produce. <laughs> That's about where I'm at. Is crazy. <laughs> like I lurk in a couple of like gardeners groups on Facebook. Like I really don't, I've never grown some, I've never grown a thing, um, from a, certainly not from a seed. And like, I st- really struggle to keep like little plants alive just after they've already been cultivated. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn, like I said, <laughs> but, but, um, but I, all I'm saying is growing things from seeds is very impressive to me, but <laughs> I, I lurk in these garden groups and I just like, I'm so impressed. Um, so what were you growing? What, what were you growing? Um, so I like to grow things that pretty much grow themselves because again, I'm not a super attentive gardener. So if it's not going to flourish without little attention, then I don't try to plant it. So for me, I've had good success with potatoes and green beans and beets. Um, I actually did a cucumber plant this year and it has been amazing. I've gotten a lot of cucumbers off of it. Um, Wow. And what about flowers? Do you like to yes, grow flowers and I do like love herbs flowers. too? I have flowers and herbs as well. Cool. Yes. Cool. So um, at this kind of early time at the beginning of the homestead, how, how long ago was that? Like when did, when did that begin? Mm. So we moved into our home. It'll be eight years in September up in Colville. And it probably wasn't until the next summer that I started that we built the greenhouse and started dabbling. So probably about seven years wow. into the start of it. And then my soap business, I officially started in 2016. Okay. So. Wow. You've done, you've been so busy during that, those early years, were you still doing any music? Were you doing any like visual art? Just so I, 
I, I mean, I haven't done a lot of music since I was, you know, younger when we were playing in the bands and stuff. Yeah. I sort of went to school and then my focus was education and my profession. And then once we moved back up to Colville, it was getting my kids in school. Right. And But I, like I said, I, I don't do super good as just a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Um, I think it's wonderful that women can do that and that's very fulfilling but for me it just wasn't quite enough so I actually got a job at my kids elementary school in the special education department part-time because again it was in education and I was working in special ed so I was helping with the speech language kids and that's where I was starting still kind of thinking maybe I will go get my master's degree uh, in something along these lines so I did that for a little while And then, um, like I said, I was just on the side as a hobby doing my little farm and homesteading stuff. And then that slowly has grown and overtaken and now is my life. (laughs) I'm really, I'm like so romanticized by it. Do you want to talk about like what it's like being like, like the creativity that you have as like a mom? I think you have to be creative in how you're going to structure their day and also what works for each child and you know the the creativity as a mother for me comes after I can kind of put myself on the shelf if that means please tell me more makes sense I I I some I'm very good at doing what I want to do yeah yeah (laughs) and um (laughs) A lot of women and moms are very selfless and they're just giving to their children all the time yeah. and it's all about them. And I'm, I'm over here like, how do I make that switch from all about me to yeah. being a good mom? And so I have to take a step back and be like, okay, what do my kids need today? You know, yeah. I'm going to put my work on the shelf and the things that I want to do and we're going to go do some of these activities yeah. instead as a family type thing. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it sounds like when you were a child, you were really independent. So I think that it, it checks out, you know, like, yeah, I was, I was off doing my own thing all the time. Yeah, so. I can, I can see like, yeah, it's one, I mean, I, I've decided not to have kids and, and for me it's, it's multifaceted. Like, you know, I have such baggage with my mom. Like, I don't know if you've seen me like write about this at all, but my mom, um, my mom was like a narcissist and like, was just really, really a hard person, like very mean to me always. And she died, um, four years ago. And I just have like so much bag, I have so much baggage with motherhood that I just feel like uh, by the time I feel like that's like settled, which like maybe it never will be like my fertility is over. (laughs) So it's just like, I think it's just like, I don't know. And also I feel like if I knew that I was going to have a child that was like me, I think I could do that. But if I had a child that was like clingy and needy, mm-hmm. I feel like I would have no idea how to do that. Like, <laughs> cause I, cause I also, I think I f- maybe feel like you, like I'm, I'm, I like to be independent. I like to be doing like my things, but I will say like, just hearing you talk about it. I mean, first of all, I'm like really taken with mothers who, um, who have their own things. I think it's like awesome. I often feel like if my mom had had a little bit more of like her own identity that she would have been like a much better mother. I agree with that. 100%. Yeah. I, so I, I like 
really honor your like like instincts to like make room for yourself I think that's awesome well it is a mental health thing I mean that's why I got the job at the middle school or I mean the elementary yeah when my kids were in school because I found myself sitting home with laundry and cleaning to do and that just depressed me it didn't make me feel like I was contributing in any way yeah um and so and I and I enjoyed that professional interaction yeah. that I would get with my coworkers at the school. It keeps you like lively, and and then mm-hmm. that's how you'll be a better. I think mom all too. moms should have a hobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. have a, or work outside of their home, something that's fulfilling outside of their children, because your children are not going to need you all the time, and they're not right. going to be living in your home, right, you know, right. forever. And, and then it's just you. Right. So <laughs> I, I mean. Amen. Like I'm not from, I, I, I can't speak from a place of like a actual knowledge, but I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say though, I think like this idea, like it, it feels to me like making these decisions to like, you know, get, have a job, like start a business. This is like a, a, a broader creativity also. Like, you know, how can I like be a better mom and that's that's creativity as well I think like these kind of bigger picture like you know solving the kind of puzzles of your life like that's those are creative skills can you tell me like one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately just in my own kind of artistry is like I get feeling creative about all the things. It feels like you're like that too, maybe like (laughs) every, everything can have creative aspects. And it's almost like, it's almost like a feeling like there's like a certain type of a motivation that I get if something's creative or like a certain type of like, you know, lighting up in my brain. Did, did, do you feel that kind of a feeling like about the work you were doing in the special ed program, like with your kids, like where, where else does that feeling, if at all show up, like, in your life besides like the stuff that other people would be like, that's creative. Does that make sense? Um, probably in, I don't know if it necessarily showed up at my work in the schools, um, because that, you know, that's more strict. This is how you do it. You know, the creativity there maybe just came from trying to have engaging conversations with individuals. Totally. Um, but in my life now, I, I do get that feeling and that drive to add something to something else so for example I like my farm is cute in and of itself but I'm always buying funny little signs on Amazon and things to hang on the trees and little wind chimes and in our in our milk kitchen that we just put together I'm always adding like wild dried wildflowers things like that just to add that creative element to it and like you said it it is kind of a pull like I feel like I have to leave I have to add to this. Yeah, Yeah. I really feel it. Like I wish it's something that I've been like investigating myself. Like what is that thing? Because I feel it sometimes showing up in situations where I think like what is creative about this? But I know that feeling. And for me, I think a lot of times it is those things like having a conversation. Like I think I, I feel like I'm like learning to pay attention to like the fact that 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 feeling is as strong, like sometimes solving a problem with a student. Cause I, I teach too. Um, I, I, did I already say this, that I teach at UVU? Uh, I think so. Yeah. You did so mention I, it. I teach, is it voice or I teach a bunch of things. So I, I teach, I teach voice. Yeah. I teach um, commercial voice and then I teach songwriting and I direct one of the bands and then I teach like a 
studio um, class. Like that's a, really neat. It's super fun, and I also teach private students here um, at my at my house. And I feel like those things get re- feeling really creative, like mm-hmm. solving Absolutely. a problem with someone else. It feels like the same as like writing mm-hmm. a song. It's because you're engaged. You're engaged in yeah. people's lives and in the community, and I think that's very tied to creativity. Yeah. And to me, it's really important for it to go both ways. Like I want to make things, but like that creative, it's like an important piece of the puzzle to me to like have these kinds of conversations. Like it, it feeds, it gives that thing like more. Yes. It definitely helps when people appreciate your creativity (laughs) for sure. Yeah. And that feels like really abundant to me, like sitting with other artists in this room and like hearing about their creativity, like. It helps me feel more creative. Yeah, like absolutely. It, it gives you the freedom to continue on your creative path. I think path. so, yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't know, like hearing other artists talk about like how their brains work, like it lights my brain up too. It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, it feels good. And our work, I, I don't know if you feel like this, but our work can be so isolating, like when you're kind of an independent artist or... Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, most of my work is at home by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. and we, we, we lose that kind of communion together um so okay let's talk about building the soap business and all the things so did it start with soap like because you also do the candles like there's these other things but was soap it did start with soap yes okay and at the beginning like were you just making soap or was it was it art was it art from the beginning was it beautiful right Um, away it was probably just soap in the beginning because i was so new to that craft sure um So, like I said, I had started researching online what else you can do with it, and I found that the cream in the soap, I mean in the milk, just adds a creaminess to handmade soaps, and so I thought I would give it a try. So, of course, on a whim, I bought a whole bunch of ingredients and found a, a recipe online and just got started on it, and... Once you add all your oils and your liquids and everything, you have to blend it together with what's called a stick blender. And I am not a cook, so I did not know what a stick blender was. Is it like an immersion blender? Yeah, okay. it's an immersion blender. And um, so I didn't have one of those. And I, I'm, of course, dabbling in this art at about 1030 at night. Yeah. And my husband's all, well, we could try a drill. So we got one of the drills out of the yeah. garage with the little flat head, the flat yeah. um, drill bit thing on it. And... I was sitting there with my drill, you know, trying to get my stuff blended and it was taking forever. And so my sweet husband ran to Walmart in the middle of, you know, well, it felt like the middle of the night to me, but it was really just like 11 PM and bought me a stick blender. And so I got it blended and I poured it in and, and the next day when I unmolded it, I was just amazed that I had went from this liquid, um, solution of ingredients to this this hard bar that smelled awesome and made bubbles and cleaned my skin and that I made it. And and it was, I was kind of hooked ever since then. When you first started, did you have like a vision? Like, were you picturing like pink soaps and blue soaps? Okay. How did it happen? No, I was just kind of trying recipes. I was following the recipe. Like I said, I'm a baker. I love to bake things. Um, anything with like, sugar <laughs> you know girl <laughs> cookies I, cake that's in my you know? like that's in my mormon soul too yeah, yeah. that type of stuff is is my is my jam and yeah. so 
you know, that's why soap making works so well yeah. for me because it's basically baking. It's baking. It, you know, you're a, a scientist baker person. So. so this podcast is obviously just audio, but like for the listener, like McKenna's soaps are, they're truly, they're visual art. They're so beautiful. Thank even you. just down to like how you're kind of like stirring the top. I'm sure I'm saying the wrong things. Please talk <laughs> to me about how you like started experimenting, like how you built a vision, how you started having a style, like what you're thinking about now with like doing more foraging. Like tell me all, tell me all the details. Sure. So it started out just as a hobby. I was making soap for my myself. It, the thought of a business hadn't even crossed my mind. It wasn't even something I was thinking about until I started posting these. Because, you know, you, you post things on social media that you're proud of. And, and as a creative, you get proud of the yes, things you create, right? Absolutely. So I started posting uh, just, oh, I made this soap and blah, blah, blah. And then I had people start asking me if they could buy it. And I was like, oh, huh. Interesting thought. (laughs) And um, so then I started to sell it, and my husband actually helped me come up with the name Stone River Soaps uh, because he's, you know, in the stone side of things uh, 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 of construction, and we live by a river, so it sort of just came together. And then my stepsister created a logo, and then I just went for it. I put it on Etsy and just started selling slowly. And over the years it has grown, um, to about as much as I want it to at the yeah. moment. Awesome. Um, and then my style evolved over time as well. It started very simple and plain adding, you know, single colors with a couple botanicals or things like that in it to, to add some texture. And then over time I've, I've spent a lot of time watching, uh, YouTube videos, tutorials, yeah. Um, I bought an online ebook about different soap making techniques and wow. design styles. And then just kind of over time through trial and error, you know, as you practice your craft, it gets more fine tuned into your full, your true expression yes. of that art. And so I'm very much into swirls. I, I like swirl soap. I, in fact, every time I'm making soap for a new update, I'm like, okay, don't make them all swirly. Yeah. Like, let's have some variety here. <laughs> so I, I'll mix in lines and sometimes I'll do little embeds. Um, what, with that meaning like you put, um, yeah, tell me. So an embed is like a shape or a design that you either put in the soap or, or on the top. Okay. And so, um, like currently I'm in the process of making a whole bunch of red glitter skulls cool. to put on top of a Halloween soap that I'm going to be making. That's cool, soon. McKenna. Mm-hmm. D- d- have I seen you make some bees before? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've done bees. I've done cacti. I've done, um, honeycomb. I've, I've done a lot of wow. different things, little hearts. You can do some in a long cylinder mold. Um, that you can put inside of the full loaf of soap cool. so that when you cut it, it just shows that shape you know, in the middle of the, of the bar. So I do some of those as well. Um, I do all natural options, but I also like fragrance oils as well. So I do both. Uh, most soap makers choose one or the other, but I, I like it all. So I do do a little bit of like what smells to do, like what, what, what florals to use, how to think about color. Like, how are you thinking about it? So I'll often times at night when I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> I'm here with you, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll have some um, design idea that I'll be thinking of. And then, of, of course, I make the classic mistake that I 
of telling myself that I won't, I won't forget this. I don't need to get up and write it down. You have to write it and down. And then, yeah. yeah, it's like, shoot, <laughs> I yeah. forgot. But um, I get a lot of inspiration actually from, from nature, things around yeah. me. Like if I'm out in the garden and I see some flower color combinations together, I'll snap a quick picture. Wow. Um, things like that. Uh, my daughter, who is 10, is now starting to add some fun ideas. In fact, she yeah. was the one who recently told me on my winter snow I make a snow soap that's all white. And in the past, I've used um, sea salts um, on the top with some glitter to kind of give it that ice yeah. look. Um, but she she recently said, Mom, you should use these crystal molds to make icicles for the top. And cool. I'm like, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. And so now I'm currently in the middle of making all wow. these little icicles to put on the top of that. So her creativity is now contributing to my yeah, art form and that's, that's been fun. That's wonderful. I, and I, it, I mean, yeah, that's really exciting to have her like, like involved like that. That's really cool. Um, and I, I'm so like, I love this idea of like, just walk, like walking and seeing like a combination of colors and the, mm -hmm. like I, that inspired. happens to me a lot. I'll take oh. a picture of like tiles on a floor. Yeah. Or, you know, like even that painting right there on your wall with the greens and the, the soft orange hue, like that would be a beautiful soap combination. It would so be I so would take pretty. a picture of that. Well, you're and, welcome to. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I kind of, I have this thing where I smell all the fragrances and then I just kind of try to envision what first pops into my head. What wow. does this remind me of? Yeah. Does this make me think of swirly colors and, and in what hues? Or does it make me think of block like solid lines and yeah. layers or that's so interesting like, that. like the smell so, does the smell always come first or does sometimes yeah. it's like a visual and then you match usually the... i try to match the smell to wow a, a visual a visual so is it kind of like you you have in your mind like you have these visual things and then you're you have a smell and then you're kind of sorting through your brain like which of these visuals like matches this smell? Yeah, yeah, wow. I'll do that a little bit for sure. That's cool. Um, and I, but you know, along with what I talked about before, not being a red, I'm not red. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't plan. Yeah, I'm yeah. not organized, and so yeah. I. Some soap makers have these sketchbooks of all these different wow. designs that they've written up and and you know drawn out, and I think that's wonderful. But I honestly grab the fragrance out of my soap cupboard, and. Whatever comes to me right then in that moment is how I make that bar. I very rarely have thought about it in advance. I think that's so amazing. A lot of my um, craft is go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes my design idea that I have. You're an improviser. I'm, an, I'm very, very good at you're improvising. A, you're, a jazz, and had, you're a jazz soap maker. <laughs> I've had to become that because yeah. sometimes, you know, you're working with a fragrance and it will start to accelerate your trace, the process of it starting oh. to harden. And so I wanted to go swirly, but it's hardening. So now I'm doing layers and that's okay. Uh, yeah. I've had to learn to like, oh, it's all right. That's not what I was going for, but it's beautiful in its own way. And I'm yeah. happy with it. This is maybe a weird question, but do you feel that skill, that kind of like improvising skill that you develop and that you, you cultivate, do you feel that thing bleeding out into like other parts of your life? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Please tell me more. Yeah. I mean, learning to just kind of improvise and, and to be okay with how life ends up going yeah. <laughs> in soap also definitely bleeds into your normal life because when do you have everything planned out? Yeah. I think it's just changing your mindset a little bit to the positive, yeah. you know, like this isn't what I was going for. 
but I'm not going to cry over it. I'm not going to be upset that it didn't go the way I wanted it to. I'm mm-hmm. going to find the beauty in what it currently is. And usually that works out unless it is an epic soap fail. Yeah. And then I have had a number of those because that's just how it goes in, yeah. in learning. Um, of course. And some of them I've salvaged by, you know, you can chop up soap and, and put it inside other soap to give it like a, a textured mosaic look or kind of yeah, mosaic. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but there have been a few batches that I have just had to throw away and close my garbage and just breathe and just move on for the day. <laughs> yeah, those are such incredible skills to learn. Like I, I'm, I, it's my biggest soapbox of all time, but like, I kind of think that this is the purpose of like the arts, like in, in creativity. It's like, it gives us a little workshop to like build these very delicate skills, um, these heart skills and these mind skills, like, you know, your the skills that you're doing with your hands are obviously like very important and the skills that you're doing with your nose mm-hmm. and with your eyes, but these like heart and mind skills, these like flexibility, like the patience, like these are such tender, like skills to then employ in your neighborhood, in your parenting, in your marriage, in like society. And I just, I don't know. I just, I feel really moved by like these kinds of ideas of like, how do we use these like little workshops that we, you know, we're using in painting or songwriting or dance and then apply them like to people. For sure. I'm into it. Yeah. Do you dry your own flowers? I have. Um, I have so many right now that I don't, I need to. I have yeah. a lot in my garden. I, that That's something that's on my <laughs> radar way over here of like, oh, I have lots of flowers in the garden. I should probably cut those up and, you, you know, set them up to dry. But I also have a lot of botanicals that I haven't used a lot because I used to do a, a lot of botanicals on the tops of soaps. Yeah. So I still have a lot from back when I was doing that more. And now my design st- style has just shifted a little bit more to uh, plain tops yeah. or not really plain, but they don't have stuff on them yeah. necessarily. Loose I actually, matter. I have a few of your soaps that have loose matter. Mm-hmm. I, um, I had bought a bunch from you a while ago and was planning on like just giving them as gifts to people. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's nice to have some things like around, you oh, know, for to, sure. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I need gifts. something. <laughs> totally. But then I like, I put stuff on in front of them. Like I, I forgot about them. Uh-huh. And then I was like cleaning a while ago and found them. And I was like, these are mine. <laughs> like I'm using them. <laughs> I need to buy more. I need, I would buy a bunch from you today. Um, but yeah, I have, I still have some of those like from the era past mm-hmm. <laughs> with the, with some of the flowers on top because I lost them in my own home. Yeah. Which now I know you're not a person who will judge me for that. No, I won't. <laughs> Definitely not. I've got yeah. soap in every I, nook and cranny of I, my house. I lost so. them in my own bathroom. <laughs> like, I lost them in my own closet. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Um, but I but I, ha- I have a bar. I have several bars in current use in my home. Oh, yeah. Of your bars. My shower has about seven bars in it because it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this one and this one oh, and this one. They're just so beautiful. <laughs> they're just, it's, they're so beautiful. Um, I wanted to ask when you're sourcing other materials, like other botanicals, do you work with other artists or like, do you work with like specific people that you like to, um, get materials from? Um, over the years I've developed or I've learned of different companies that yeah. sell things that I like. Um, so there's some specific companies that I'll, I'll source some of my material from, but there's, there's also fellow soap makers that, like for example, there's there's a lady that lives back east who has a uh, hemlock trees, wow. pine trees, 
And so she gets all these little cones. And so I'll buy a big bag bulk of cones just from her that she goes and picks off her property. (laughs) You know what I mean? So tell me more about the foraging that you're doing. Like what's that new interest? Like what is it? So that's just a very newly developing interest. It started. So I have books. (laughs) I bought online a whole bunch of books about herbalism and, you know, foraging for your own food and medicinal herbs and things like that so it's it's currently just books sitting on my nightstand cool other than i do have identified i have some mullein growing around what my house is mullein? I it's never an heard herb of that you can use the leaves for teas and and you can use them in balms and things like that um but that's just the extent that i know i can identify the plant but i'm now trying to find some time in my crazy schedule to actually educate myself on, you know, how to make use of these plants that are growing around my home. And I would love to start doing more oil infusions. So you can put these dried herbs or, or into your oils and let them infuse over time and uh, then use those in, in in soaps or I want to make actually just for my personal use, but I'd like to develop a, like a, um, first aid balm yeah. type thing. Amazing. So. What else do you make? So I know you make candles. When did that start? Uh, candles was also just kind of, I don't do a lot of candles. Uh, my main product is soap. Um, but that was more seasonally. So usually okay. around, uh, the Christmas season and around, um, Valentine's day, okay. I'll pull out some different candle options, uh, just because they make a nice little gift. It's a fun yeah. little set, soap and candles. Yeah. And I like having candles around my house. I used to burn them all the time, but now I don't burn them very much because that scent just gets lost in all the soap yeah. scents that are around my home. So <laughs> unless I have it closed in a bathroom or something, yeah. I can't really pick out that fragrance, but, um, have- have there been a, any other like 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 a side quests or like dabblings in the last six years? Like even things that are going in the soaps, like just other things you're doing. Yeah, so I I started making solid um, lotion bars as okay. well, and those are really cool. Uh, it, it's they they're concentrated discs of you know beeswax and cocoa butter and wow. and natural things like that that I keep in my purse. Excuse me. That's, don't worry about and it. And they also work as chapstick and things like that. So cool. I do make solid lotion bars. I do um, beard oils because my husband wow. has a very nice beard. And, <laughs> and he asked me the other day, or not the other day, it was a while ago, yeah. if I could uh, make him some oils. So I developed a little recipe there. And a lot of the stuff has been... Like I started following these recipes, but as you educate yourself and you understand the science behind things and the different properties that different oils and herbs and things can bring into it, then you, I, I, my personality started to create my own products and my own, I love it, my own thing. So I, I do that and I make a face scrub, a charcoal face scrub. Do you sell that too? mm -hmm, I do. Yep. And that's, I love it. I use it in the shower a couple times a week. And it's just a nice exfoliant. It's It has Icelandic black sand in it, which uh, my ancestry is from Iceland. And cool. so for me, that's just kind of a fun connection. I love that. So. Can you talk to me about, like, speaking of ancestry, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe not. But um, where does, like, where does this, like, pull toward, like, you know, natural materials? Like, what does it mean to you? Where does it come from? Like, tell me about the kind of magic of that. <sighs> I don't. I don't know for sure on where it might come from. I think, you know, my ancestry is from Iceland and England, uh, places over there. Um, your, and pa- your parents weren't creating those kinds of things, though. 
Uh, with herbs? Yeah. With no, it. not necessarily. More, I think it comes from a sense of independence as sure. well. Uh, there's this interest of mine to become more self-sufficient yeah. uh, with the homesteading side of things. And I think the herbalism and the foraging cup definitely plays into that. Yeah. Uh, being able to source your own food, um, yeah. your own medicinal needs, yeah. um, I think is just something that for me has developed into more of a priority. Yeah, the yeah. last few years. That's so cool. Was that, did I answer your question? Yes. I kind of got lost actually well, in, in what your question is. Like, I mean, it was a very meandering question, <laughs> so that's not your fault. But I think like, I just, I just, I'm just curious what like the kind of these, these natural, like these traditional skills like mean to you. Like, like what is, I mean, they feel magical to me, but like, I don't know. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk more about that if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I, I like as far as providing for yourself and sourcing your own stuff, I think it's just very basic human instincts. I mean, we, yeah. we've been doing that forever yeah. and we do it. We don't do it much now because yeah. of the day and age that we live in. But I think it's, it's in everyone to have that connection with earth on where your food comes from and providing for yourself, I think is there in everyone. It just might not be at the forefront for people yeah. at the time. But for me, it's coming forward. For example, our, our dairy cow that we have, it's, it's so fun because our milk and our yogurt and our cheese is not just milk, yogurt, and cheese. It's our cow's name's Maisie. So it's Maisie yogurt. It's Maisie yes. cheese. It's Maisie butter. Because we know the specific cow that we are getting this right. from. Right. And that connection to our food um, has been really fun to have grow and develop. Yeah. And you do quail too. Yes. What else, what else is going on on the farm? What have we not talked so about? So we have quail and I love quail. I think they are a wonderful homesteading type bird. Uh, first of all, their sounds are really neat. Um, and they go from hatching um, to mature and laying eggs in eight weeks. Holy cow. And so it's a very quick turnaround bird. Um, we do them mostly for eggs because I just love the love the eggs. They're yeah. just so nutritious to hard boil them. And then, you know, there's like a little protein popper, you yeah. know, they're, they're delicious. And then, um, we do, uh, harvest the quail as well yeah. for meat. Um, not super often, maybe once a year, um, yeah. we'll, hatch new ones and, and cool some of the ones that are getting a little older. Yeah. And, um, and so that's, that's a fun, my kids call that our homesteader meal because yeah. we'll have some quail and then we'll have some garden vegetables yeah. and, and, oh, and, that, I love and that's it. fun. Um, I have eaten quail. It's, it's tasty. It is. It's, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a dark meat bird. Yeah. The whole bird is dark meat. Yeah. And so it's, it's like beef. Like it feels, I mean, still, yeah, I don't have a refined palate for these kinds of things. <laughs> But like, I always feel like it feels like beef. Like it feels kind of like a, like a corned beef texture almost. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little bit, um, they're not as, they're tougher. Yeah. Like a jerky kind of. A little almost. bit. Tougher. Yeah. Not quite jerky, but, but not like chicken you get at the yeah. store. You know, I don't it's like have a mix. the, I don't have the literacy, but I have eaten it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. I have a memory of I it. I mean, anyone who's had a Cornish hen from the grocery store, it's pretty similar to really? that. Yeah. Yeah, the closest thing I can think of is like how I am, how I feel like corn corn beef like looks and feels. Mm -hmm. Anyway, not important. <laughs> um, and are, are do you keep bees? I would love to keep bees, but no. 
we Someday. don't we don't have bees we have a lot of local bees people have yeah. bees around me um but what about like berries and fruits and nuts? Um, i did just plant some blackberries and raspberries this year i'm hoping that they'll take off along one of my fences um i so, have some blackberries and raspberries along my fence and i forget about them every year <laughs> like in the spring do I'm they like, come back though yes like oh, they, well, they're good. there and i just i like it's because like the time of year that they're blooming is when wedding season is crazy mm-hmm. and i just i've missed it like two years in a row <laughs> oh, like I, I like i see the little berries like uh-huh. starting to grow in like july and then I just, I've missed them two You're years gonna in a row. You're going to need to put a reminder in your phone. I do. Go eat some berries. <laughs> Go find my berries. Well, what I keep telling myself is like, they're feeding the wildlife. Yeah, exactly. Like I see, I have, we have a, I have a magpie that like she or he lives like near where the berries are. And I just think like, it's just, she can eat those. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was totally cool. <laughs> some bunnies that are in the yard. Yeah. And I feel like. Oh, speaking of that, we do yeah. have bunnies. You have bunnies too? Well, my daughter has two bunnies and, and they're, they're just pets. They're, they're not just meat her. hairs. No, no. They're just her little pets that Cute. I, that she loves. They're, I, I've noticed that when she's had a rougher day at school, she'll go out and just cuddle, cuddle her, bu- her her bunnies. bunnies. So, and I think that's important for kids to have yes. something that they can just hold on to. And yes, when they've had a, a hard day. So her bunnies are just hers, and then um, we do have the chickens, and then I have a billy goat and two pigs actually. Pigs, yeah. cute. Yep. I love yep. it. Um, did you want to say more about the quail sounds? Like, is does that? I think what I'm wondering is. Does that, does that feel like a music thing to you? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I would try to mimic it, but oh, it would I, be horrible. So I'm not going to do that. Maybe but. practice later and send <laughs> yeah. me a voice memo <laughs> or I'll just record them in real life. Yeah, yeah, I would love to tuck that into this episode. <laughs> yeah, if you want to re- absolutely give me yeah. some farm recordings yeah, from your they phone. They make little sounds all the time. So they they sound really neat and it just makes my ears happy. So we have a bunch of wild chuckers on our hill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that name of bird, but I they don't. look a lot like quail. They're huge. They like, they're like, they, they're almost as big as chickens. I think they're bigger than huh, quail. Interesting. But there's tons. Like there's, there's like a flock, like I'll see like 20 of them in my yard. Like cool nearly every day mm-hmm. um my dog bear like he couldn't care less about them and so i think they're comfy here mm-hmm. like there's dogs in the other zone. yeah he like <laughs> bear won't chase them or anything but we have so many chuckers and they make a sound that feels like it's really it's like right in between like a chicken and a duck like their sounds are very like interesting it's like between a cluck and a quack cool um but yeah andrew my husband and i were always talking about like the birds of the of the neighborhood mm-hmm. like all the different like well it's sounds of nature sounds right they're, know, they're relaxing it. i love so. it i love it um i feel like i had one other question but i don't remember um what's on the horizon for you next um i'm so my busiest year actually was 2020 wow. i think people were home and depressed a little bit and wanted some pick me up. So they bought soap. And the last couple of years, um, also because people were home and needed something to do, uh, I think there's been kind of a boom of soap makers of people learning the the craft. And so with that, my business has slowed down, but then it's picked up in other ways. Um, I've taken on some larger wholesale accounts, which has been fun. And I'm starting a white label, um, account with a local farm. What's a white label? It means that I make the product, but they put their... Oh, I see. 
their their logoing and everything on it. Cool, cool, cool. Um, in Camas, a, a big farm there, so I'm going to be providing their custom soaps wow. for them. So it's kind of picking up in a more behind the scenes cool. way, which I wasn't interested in and, uh, years ago, but now it's it's kind of refreshing to have these products already sold um, that I can just make. I feel like the creativity maybe is not as high in that realm because they want something specific. Um, they, I mean, they've given me some creativity and stuff, but, um, it's, it's making the same thing repeatedly for them. And so that's why I think I haven't been as interested in the past to open into that. But, um, sounds like you have lots of outlets. So I do. It's, it's yeah. been fine and it's been fun. Yeah. Um, in fact, my favorite thing to do actually is, is custom soap orders. So people wow. will call me and say, Hey, I have a bridal shower. They'll send me their color palettes wow. and they say, make it florally or make it fruity or whatever. And they just let me do my thing. Wow. And that is my favorite. I love just creating something off of kind of a, like a vibe. Prompt. Yeah. Yeah. That they're, that they're going oh. off of. I have a a company in Florida, they do. It's an Airbnb rental wow. place, and I make their guest soaps for them. Wow. And that's what they did: is they sent me their brochure with all of their, um, you know, graphic design photos and and designs and things, and so I could kind of get their vibe. Yeah. And then uh, we made some custom stamps for them, wow. and um, so that's been super fun um, as well. So it's it's branching into these additional things on top of just selling my soaps as Stone River soaps and doing my own thing. I think that's so cool. I remembered my question. Perfect. Do you feel like, um, you're like the, the part of you that like wrote poetry as a child is going to come out in new ways as an adult? Like, do you have writing in your future? Oh, I, I used to think I was pretty good at poetry, but if I ever found those, I would probably be (laughs) a little embarrassed. (laughs) But, um, writing, I mean, I don't know. Writing's not something at the moment that I'm, I mean, maybe later I I keep a journal, um, but it's, and I love the written language. I am moved by uh, words, um, but it's just not something I've had a lot of time to really spend in it. But I can see later in my life, diving back into that a little bit. Writing a book or maybe. Do you, do you feel philosophical about the things you're doing? Like, I think maybe in this last little couple minutes, let's talk about like any, like just any kind of philosophical thoughts you have about like art, creativity, our identities as like creative beings. Um, yeah. Um, that's a big question. That's, that's an open question. I <laughs> um, I think if I had to say anything along that, it would be just to find something that makes you happy. Yeah. If it's easy and it brings you joy, then it's probably the right thing to yeah. be spending your time on. If you're doing something to try to just please others, um, then maybe not. And I think that's why what I do is so fun to me because yeah. I am a hundred percent doing it for me Yeah, <laughs> and awesome. for my family, you know, the food side of things and the, yeah. the homesteading side of things. But the soap making is just brings me joy. And if no one else likes what I make, I wouldn't even care because yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. And I, to me, that tells me that I'm in the right place. Amen. Um, what happened in the last couple of years that made you feel like you could take that identity as artist? Mm, I think I was just 
I had enough people comment like mm. you're such an artist you're such an artist that I finally decided to give it some thought yeah. and allow myself to take that on I don't know why I held like I don't know why I was so I'm not an artist I don't paint I don't sculpt I don't yeah. like what do you what do you mean but I finally I think just allowed myself to to have that title even if it because I am an artist in a small space, a small area, and that's all any anyone is. Even an art, uh, even a painter or sculptor is an artist just in that area. Totally, and I so, couldn't agree more. And and furthermore, like being an artist in a non institutional space, and being an artist in a medium that isn't like, you know a medium that people would like immediately go to when they're thinking about the arts. Mm -hmm. I almost think is like more like radical, like it's very artistic, <laughs> like, but when, but when you say, when you kind of like are like, take that label on yourself, what does it mean to you? Like, what do you think it means to be an artist? Like, what does that mean? I think it just means like, like we sort of discussed earlier that, that I'm a creative, I'm yeah. a creative being and there's not a day that it goes by that I don't create something. Whether it's, you know, making butter, making soap, or just even making memories with my family. Oh, that it's was so beautiful. making put. something. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I feel that too. Like, being an artist is like, it's a desire. Like, mm -hmm. it's a state of being. Mm -hmm. It's not a product. Mm -hmm. It's not an action even. It's like a, it's a view of the world. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a desire to to, to live to, yeah think. to make things to to think things to like mm -hmm. you know carry out a plan uh, you know any and all of those things and it's it's like a heart it's a heart condition you know yeah I, yeah. Th I think it just means you know that you're living your life yeah you know the people that aren't creating or that aren't open in their souls to new things maybe aren't living yeah you know in the way that they could be yeah I completely agree. Oh, McKenna, you're such a dream. Ah, um, can, I ask, can I ask, look, so I asked these two questions at the end for everybody. Question number one, on this day, what's your dream collaboration? Okay, so I probably have it right now with yeah. that, that big farm in Camas. Um, cool. I'm hoping that that will grow uh, because it's white label. They, you know, I'm behind the scenes, yeah, so I can't yeah. mention who they are, but yeah. Um, I think that is going to be a fun challenge for me. It's it's a lot of production. I, oh. I usually make maybe 200 bars a week for my own personal, and oh. they're wanting 500 bars. Holy cow. So it's a lot um, of production. Yesterday oh. I, I made 200 bars. I, I can't do it all in one day. Uh, because it's small scale. Uh, yeah. And so I had them all, all the molds lined up and they took up my whole kitchen table. And I was just like, wow, this is a lot of soap. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I think it's, it's probably that because I appreciate the challenge and I appreciate their faith in me to provide oh, a great yeah. product. And so that's, awesome. that's, I probably have it at the moment. That's so. amazing. I'm so happy for you Thank to you. hear that. And finally, where can people find your work? So I am on Instagram and Facebook, um, and I try to share, I'm not the best <laughs> social media person. It's I, really hard. A lot of times I'm out on my property or I'm making soap and I'm like, shoot, I forgot to film this or I, I don't even know where my phone is. So I'm not very good at that, but mm. I, I'm trying to share a little bit more 
about the process of how the soaps are made. And then mm-hmm. I've had, I've had people that follow me, ask me to share more of my farm side as well. So yeah. I've been trying to do a little bit more of that also, but it's, um, at stone river soaps, just all one word. Cool. And it has my logo as the main, the main picture. Cool. So, maybe and then, I wonder if that's something that your kids would like to collaborate with you on. Uh, maybe, maybe later pictures. I know, some, yeah. Right now, my son's ideas are a little like, no, thanks. <laughs> But good idea. <laughs> Sounds like your daughter's developing some lovely taste. My daughter's very creative. Yeah. So my son's a little more like my husband where he's like, I'm going to go fix this engine and yeah. build some stuff. I love so it. So he's creative in that way, yeah. but maybe Amazing. not so much in the arts. Sure, sure, sure. But, um, and then my website is stoneriversoaps.com. Pretty cool. easy. And it's on Etsy too, Stone River Soaps. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stoneriversoaps.etsy.com as okay. well. Uh, because I have a number of people that only have Etsy accounts. And so I left that open. Sure. Um, that makes sense as well. So, well, McKenna, it was amazing to have you. Like I said, I mean, I really mean it. You are such a dream. <laughs> I'm so like, just, I'm just like a fan. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm really happy that you decided to come. I Me know too. you were good. I'm glad. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. That's a little out of my comfort zone. But then it kind of came with the whole taking on an artist thing. I was like, you know what? I can do this. I'm confident in my craft. I, I'm, I should be able to talk about it. Absolutely. So. <laughs> and I, I really like, I had a guest, um, her episode just came out like a couple weeks ago and she said something that like, I was so moved by. She was like, you know, this is a, this is an act of faith in each other. She was like, you know, you like me, Emily, I had to have faith in her or like to reach out and, and invite her. And then she also had to have like a faith in me to come. And I was like, that's really like, I'm, I like how you put that. Yeah, that's really, spot on for sure. It feels like that. And also like my kind of mission, I think, I mean, there are multiple maybe, but like, I just think everyone should be allowed to call themselves an artist. And when I have guests who feel a little like weird about that, but they still agree to come, i take that as like such a victory, um, <laughs> For the you listeners should. too, because it, it you are an artist and, you know, so to like stake that claim and to then like tell your story and like, you know, I don't know, be in the same space with like, you know, an episode maybe next week being like a conductor or something, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's perfect. Cool. I just, I couldn't appreciate it more. So thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.